you know the vibes back for another episode of the hoop genius podcast and uh bj's back in the building he was away yesterday flying to chicago he's checking out some of the draft prospects bj how was yes. your journey so far how's chicago treating you back in the town where you know you won multiple nba championships it must be a hero's return oh stop it bro. you know so long ago <laughs> i got He's walking up to me, asking me right now, "Did you play?" <laughs> <laughs> Man, you better it's hope. always good. It's always good to come back to Chicago, bro. This is a great sports town, great sports city. And um, how about the Orlando Magic getting the number one pick? How about that? Let's how about that? Straight into it, the Orlando Magic. If you guys didn't know, <laughs> um, BJ's in Chicago for the draft combine, where the best, well, some of the best prospects are working out. And um, tonight was the NBA draft lottery. So the worst teams in the NBA who didn't make the playoffs, they um, all get a chance of getting the number one pick. The lower your record, the higher your chances of getting that number one pick. And the Orlando Magic were rewarded for another terrible season with the number one pick in the draft. If you want me to give you a little, I'll give you the top five, right? Number five is the Detroit Pistons. Number four is the Sacramento Kings. Number three is the Houston Rockets. Number two is the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is one of their 38 picks over the next seven years. And that's not an exaggeration. They literally have 38 draft picks over the next seven years. And at number one is the Orlando Magic. Now, BJ, I got to ask you this. Yes. Are we going to see the same cycle repeat itself? The Orlando Magic draft a big man and it goes great. And then he leaves. Shaquille O'Neal, Dwight Howard, and now with the potential number one pick, it could be Chet Holmgren, could be Paolo Banchero, could be Jabari Smith. Are we just, is the Orlando Magic going to just keep repeating this cycle? Well, you say the Orlando Magic, but there's been different groups of people that have been, been drafting these people. Yeah. You know, it's the same uniform, but it's different people, different, you know, different executives, different coaches, obviously. And I have no idea. But what I do know is that, you know, this is going to be a tough pick. This is going to be a tough pick because you have this kid, Chet Holmgren, who I think for the most part here and talking to the, te- to the teams. And, you know, I, I've spoken to about, I met, I think, with like eight teams today. And it's always great because you meet with the teams and, you, you know, you, you start to get a feel. And I think – you know, there's a consensus, and over the next couple of days, I'll meet with all of the teams that you I'll begin to get a better feel. But I think the consensus is the following mo that Chet Holmgren has the biggest or potentially has the biggest upside, what he could be. Right. The kid is incredibly skilled for a man his size, mm-hmm. but he's thin. Yeah. He's thin. I mean, he needs some seasoning. He needs time to adjust you know you can't just ask him to put on 40 50 pounds you know if you know that may be five or six year process yep but you could see that this kid is a you know he has talent he has a great feel for the game he has a winning attitude and everyone who's spoken with him as far as the executives they really like the kid and what he stands for however when are you going to get a return on that yeah it's a long-term project he can block shots he can shoot threes but he hasn't got the body type yet to compete with yes. the seven footers in the nba absolutely but but four or five years from now you could be saying 
he could be very well one of those guys will be a, maybe a top 10 player in the NBA. Like he, you know, he, he's one of those guys. So I think the consensus is that Jabari Smith mm -hmm. is the best player who's ready to go now. I mean, Jabari Smith could be a kid that could average 20 points in year one. Yeah. And then we'll go from there. So it'll be interesting to see for the kid, Jaden Ivey. Mm -hmm. That's another the interesting. Under, the, the underground after everyone gives their initial political answer is we call him. I really want to draft this kid. We call him John Moran, this junior. Well, I'm I, I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. And I just got a little preview today. I didn't I'm, I can tell you by Wednesday night. I could get because I would have met with every single team, every okay. executive okay. by then. But my feel and just, you know, checking in with people, you're running, running in, you know, the people in the hotel lobbies and so forth and so on, is that people really like this kid, Ivy. They like his athleticism. They like his size. Yep. And people are intrigued with his talent. Can he be an actual lead guard at that size? And without question, he is that level of athlete. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see. It's well, very interesting. Well, the question. one name I feel like before the March Madness tournament, um, and, and I think a lot of fans and a lot of people were expecting it to be the number one pick overall is Paolo Benchero, who, of course, was featured in NBA 2K22 Season 5 of, uh, you know, my team, my player, all of that good stuff. And this podcast is brought to you by NBA 2K22, if I didn't say that at the start. But Paolo Banchero mm -hmm. for a long time was the consensus number one pick. But today he wasn't getting much love on the broadcast. They kind of had him as a third option, maybe even falling down a little bit. That's what I was seeing from the media. The media's trying to, I don't know say push this narrative, but the media ain't showing him the same love as these other guys. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I again, you know, I, I, the narratives, I, as you know, Mo, I, I don't really pay attention to the narratives. You know, I, first of all, I'm too old. And second of all, I, I, I can I can see for myself. <laughs> you, know, like, you know what I mean? Mo? Like, I don't yeah. need the media telling me who can play. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like here, I'm just telling you what I see. You know, I've okay. seen these guys play. You know, I've had a chance to see them play multiple times. And in talking to the decision makers, it's obvious to me that it's overwhelming. Everyone is saying behind the scenes that this kid, Jabari Smith, is the player who's ready to play right now. Okay. Now, but what, what but the 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 question is, Mo, is will he be the best player for their entire career? Mm. Because if this kid, Chet Holmgren, continues to develop which is a big if yeah it's a big if Whoa, especially big also if. being at his height the potential yes. for injury is extremely high extremely. if he puts on weight and, too quickly quickly absolutely there's a lot that if everything goes right chet Holmgren will be an impactful player in the nba mo he has a winning attitude he's won at every level i mean he, when i tell you he's skilled mo he's skilled i mean he can shoot he can pass. And you know what I like about him, Mo? Even though he's thin, he's not afraid of contact. You know how some guys are thin yeah. and they yeah. shy away from Mo, he puts his nose right in the scrum. He's not afraid. He has a little edge to him. However, Mo, 
It's, mm-hmm. He can't be more than 200 pounds. He's seven. Mm-mm. Like they showed him in the interview tonight. Man, he's skinny. He's, he's seven, like, let's say seven if, two. If you guys know Alexei Pokuskevsky, who currently plays for the OKC Thunder, very similar build, similar. very, very but, skinny uh, kid. Uh, Mo, they put him next to uh, tonight. They did an interview with him and David Robinson. They had, oh, I saw that. And he, mm-hmm. he had a couple inches on David Robinson. David Robinson is every bit seven one. And I was like, has David Robinson shrunk? Shrunk. Yeah. Well, yeah you know, that's what happens when you get old. Well, that's what happens. When you get old. He, he probably did shrink a little bit. He's probably only 6'11 now, you know? But oh, I'm telling oh, you, man. Chad Holmgren is, yeah, Chad Holmgren is, I mean, I, I love, I love him. I, I, I really do. However, when is he going to be ready to play and play meaningful minutes? Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot then, B. Okay, if put you, me on the spot. If you were the general manager of the Orlando Magic, who are you taking with that number one pick? Well, Mo, okay. If I'm the general manager, Mo, I have to do my homework. Because I, you, I have to do my, I have to meet with these, I have to meet with the player. Yeah. My staff has to meet with the player. I have to, my coach, and I, we have to be on the same page. Why? Because we have to know exactly what we're getting into. This isn't like what we thought could be, should be. I thought he could be. No, Mo, we have to say, this is the style we're going to commit to. Why? This is the number one pick. These number one or these top five picks, these are game changers for an organization. You have to get this right. Yeah. Okay. Example. You have to get Michael Jordan and Sam Bowie right. Yep. You have to get Kevin Durant, Greg Golden right. Yep. Okay. So we have to meet. I have to meet with my medical team and I have to meet with my coach. And if everything checks out and if we have every reason to believe that Chet Holmgren could be, you know, everything that we think he could be, and two or three years, you, you got to take Chet. You got to take the big fella. I mean, you look at, I told you last year, Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. I told you last year, I said, I said, wow, man, this, I could, but I was able to watch him. I was able to watch him play all year at USC, living but out he, in California. He made an instant impact. The question wasn't. Yeah, that's what sort of, sort of, Yeah, but that's what I said. You got to determine this. Mo, this is scouting. Yep. And Mo, this is why scouting is so important. You don't get a chance anymore to watch these kids for three or four, four years. Well, you have to make this determination in 30 to 35 games now. Well, this is what was going to be my next point is does having the number one pick in the draft still carry that same weight as it did before? Because now it, we it, see so many of what people call steals, right? There was, oh, how did this guy get drafted at 15? How did this guy get drafted at 20? Because to your point, there isn't that three, four years of college that you used to have, even two years of college that you used to have to watch these players. It's okay. They finished high school. Then they've gone to college for like six months. And then that's it. And and nowadays, some of their agents don't let them do workouts for teams or they, they won't come to the combine or whatever it is. So in my opinion, I think it's not as bad n- not getting the topic as it used to be beforehand, back in the day. If you see where I'm coming from with that, well, well, Mo, it's 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 not as simple as that because these players, instead of getting Patrick Ewing 
at four years of Georgetown, you're getting Patrick Ewing as a, after his freshman year. Yeah. Instead of getting Michael Jordan at the third pick after three years in college, you're getting Michael Jordan after his freshman year in college. Yeah. So now, Mo, the difficulty of scouting is what Rob Williams, for instance, right now, you're watching Rob Williams. And where was he picked at, Mo? I, it, where, where was he picked at? Uh, he was picked in like the 20s, I believe. Okay. So you're getting Rob Williams at 20 and you're going, I got a starting center. An all defensive player caliber at twentieth in the draft. That's a lottery. He was, pick. He was 27th. That, that's a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. You Shout understand? To that's an inc- that's an incredible. That's an incredible pick. Yep. Okay. This so is what I mean. Like today, like Tyrese Maxey yeah, yeah. or Desmond Bay. Yeah, all yeah. these guys. Well, but but that's the difficulty of scouting. The difficulty of scouting is. You used to get the player, and the player was more he was more physically mature and ready to play. Chet mm-hmm. Holmgren, if Chet Holmgren spent four years in college and if he was healthy and played and you saw the natural progression, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. That's how good he is. Well, yeah, but then we'd be talking about dropping him in 2025. Yeah, but 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 this is what this is what I'm saying. But yeah, but if Chet, if if these players were coming out in last year's draft. Yeah. You, you saw, so the feed is Mo is we're all making projections. And you look at a guy, and this is what this is what Jabari Smith is intriguing. Why? He's a six nine, he's a six nine three man ready to go right now. Yep. You can shoot those you can shoot the he's that level, level. He's that level of athlete. He he doesn't, he's he will be able to score without a high usage rate. I think that's probably what you're seeing with the kid Paulo right now is because some players can score, you know, within the framework of a team, the kid Paulo right now, he needs touches. Yeah. And that to me is why Jabari Smith and these guys, and I think he's going to be a good player that can make no doubt about this one kick Paulo. And I mean, he may be physically, he may be the most physically strong out of all of the kids, mm-hmm. but will he be able, how will he be able to adapt? Cause he's going to have to learn how to play without the ball. So these are the questions. This is why these guys get paid the big bucks is because it is a much more complicated and sophisticated answer than just merely saying who's going to be the number one pick. Yeah. So the draft lottery was, uh, it was funny because if the Lakers hadn't traded their pick, it would have been the number eight pick, but that went to the new Orleans Pelicans. The uh, Indiana Pacers got the number six pick. And I want to talk about the Indiana Pacers um, because mm-hmm. obviously following uh, the destruction or the self-destruction of the Phoenix Suns, um, a lot of stuff has started to happen. Today, we heard a rumor that Chris Paul is considering retirement. Um, interesting. Mm. Interesting. Um, okay. but, but also DeAndre Ayton says that he did not feel valued by the Phoenix organization. Yeah, let's stop there. I, I, I want, this I want this to... is what I wanted to ask you about, because... This is why Indiana is relevant, right? ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski said, DeAndre Ayton did not feel valued by the Phoenix organization. Ayton is going to get a max contract somewhere. There are lots of t- lots of teams lining up to figure out how to acquire him. Now, someone from his camp has confirmed this to be true. That's right. Okay. And That's... it came out today that before the trade deadline, the Indiana Pacers 
were in discussions with the Phoenix Suns about trading for DeAndre Ayton. The reason that deal didn't go through is the Phoenix Suns didn't want to mess up their chemistry in the season. Not because okay. they wanted to keep hold of DeAndre Ayton, but because they didn't want to mess up what they had was a good thing going. As the who best were team. they going? And who were they going to get back? Well, this was before the trade deadline, so yeah, it must saying. have who been were, for yeah, Sabonis who? or Miles Turner. Okay, so clearly there are teams out there who value DeAndre Ayton as as a max player, if you will, and they, they want to go out and go get him. Um, what do you think of his fit? Because I would really like to see him playing with Tyrese Halliburton in the Indiana Pacers organization. I think those two could be a nice one-two punch. Young team still developing. But let's take it back to his comments after the game or, or what that was reported about him after the game that he did not feel valued by the organization and he is going to most likely be leaving Phoenix this summer. BJ, what's your thoughts to that? You know, Mo, I, I, I really don't know what to think of these rumors, so forth and so on. But he's not valued. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to put my agent hat on here. And, okay. And just be very, I'm going to keep it 100. Very, very, yeah, let's keep it, let's keep it a buck 50. Let's Real keep name. It a, a, no okay. gimmicks. No gimmicks. No gimmicks. Okay. Now, everyone keeps saying he's going to get a max. I don't really know what that means because as an agent, that doesn't really mean anything to me. Okay. Now, this kid is, he can get five years, a five-year deal in Phoenix, and he can get four years with, if he goes to another team. Okay, or, if he, it's in a sign and trade, he can still get the five years, though. He can get the sign, okay. He can do that. Now, financially speaking, okay, Phoenix has a, Phoenix has a, they're in a dilemma, Okay. Phoenix hasn't been in the luxury tax. Suddenly now they have to, they're winning. They signed a 36 or 37 year old player to a, I don't have the numbers that directly in front of me. 90 million. He's owed 30 mil, 30 okay, mil, 30 okay, mil over the next three okay. years. They signed him to, okay. They also have a player who potentially could be up for the super max because he probably will be an all NBA player. Devin Booker. Yep. Okay. Cam Johnson. He needs to be paid this okay. summer. They just paid and Mikhail if Bridges. And if they're going to continue this run that they've had, they had a terrific regular season. Last year, they get to the NBA Finals. They're going to need depth, right? That means they're going to have to try to retain the Bismack, Shamits, and Javale McGee, Shamits, so forth and so on. And, you know, I'm sure their agents <laughs> will, <laughs> will be working to get it. You know, they had a great regular season, right? Mm-hmm. Now, these are all the business decisions that they have to figure out how to do in this market. And then the real question is, Chris Paul, like, is this uh, one year more? Is this two years? Oh, he's getting that money. Years? It would make. Mo, Mo, Mo. I was a 30-year-old guard. I know what it feels like to be a 30-year-old guard. Okay. No, he's 37. <laughs> and it's not. He's 37. Okay. So Mo, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay. All right. Okay. Everybody understand. He's in his 30s and he's a guard. Let me tell you something that doesn't get better or age well. Speeding quickness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially speeding in the, in quickness. 
in in a Western conference, no. you got to guard John Moran. Size, size and length. You 36, 37. LeBron James is still 6'8", 260. Mm-hmm. He can figure out how to do other things by utilizing his size and his length. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you one thing that doesn't age or get better. He'll get faster at 36, 37 years of age. Okay, let's leave that there. So what am I saying here? They have a big dilemma. And when people keep talking about he's going to get the max, okay, clearly, Mo, you get more money because the percentages are higher if you stay with your own team Mm -hmm. than if you go out there and you get a deal on the open market in restricted free agency, a la Zach Levine. Zach Levine went out and got a four-year deal and the Bulls matched. Now, mm-hmm. so what we're really talking about, Mo, this is where the agent comes in. What's the difference between the max he would get on the open market, which I'm just, I don't know, Mo, you can look it up here. I think it's his is like right around 130 or something. And then if he stays with, with his team, it's got to be around 160 or something. One, I don't know, 160, 170, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere, somewhere around there. So now you're looking at the difference. One, 172 of, is what he can sign a five-year deal for 172. And then if he goes on the open market, he can get like 130, right? Yeah. So yeah. now what we're negotiating, okay, if there is room to negotiate, okay, what's the difference between 130 and 170? Okay. Mo, let's boil it. Let's, 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 cut the nonsense out and cut all of this rhetoric and whether he's valued or whatever. Mo, if they are, if they are willing to give him a hundred, they probably, if you and I were the team, you probably want to start out low. Hey, we'll give you five years, one thirty. Mo, Now look at me, Mo, right now and tell me you're insulted when I want to give you $130 million. Stop it, Mo. I'll take 130 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you understand what I'm saying? 130 million? I'll do anything for 130 million pounds. But, come on, oh, man, 130 million I'm dollars. Gonna give you, come on, come on. Oh, I'm going to give you five years, $130 million. Now, I'm not saying, Mo, I'm not saying. This is, this is what we're talking about here. So, Mo, let's cut through all of this. Thing that's being reported. So what we're talking about, Mo, is the difference between 172, whatever his max number is, and 130. And we're talking about four years, 130, or five years, 170. Mo, I would hope that those people could get in a room and figure that out. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, Mo, let me let me tell you, Mo, and look at you. And, and hopefully, I, I, if, if the audience was there, I'm going to look out in the audience and I'm going to go, now, who's offended by me wanting to give you guaranteed money at $130 million? Well, the reason why he would be offended is because they're essentially saying to him, he's not as good as his peers, a.k.a. Trey Young and Luka Doncic. And, and, and now, Mo, I know Mo, Mo, he's Mo, not as good Mo, as that. Mo. But okay. in his, from his perspective... No, 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 listen, 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 listen. We come into this league and there's 
two things going on that every player has to realize. There's the basketball business. You are entitled to have your opinion. Mm-hmm. Who you think is the better player. Mm-hmm. Who you think is the better team. Who This is what makes sports great. Mo, we are doing a podcast because you and I, we like to, hey, who do you think is going to win tomorrow? Who do you think is going to win today? And then sometime I'm wrong. Very rarely, but sometimes I'm wrong. And then sometimes you're wrong. <laughs> Even more rarely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more rarely, you're wrong. Okay. But then we have to get to the business of basketball. This is a serious basket. This is a serious business call that they have to make. Every team has to do that. How come? Because the business always gets in the way. This young man is incredibly valued throughout the league. How do I know that? It's because, Mo, I've met with every team in the league, and I haven't met – I haven't asked personally the GM of Phoenix. I haven't met with him yet. James but Jones. I would be more than happy to ask James Jones, do you value DeAndre Hayes? <laughs> and, 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 Mo, I'm 100% – Sure, he's going to say yes. Okay, I'm going to ask you this. Why would I say that, Mo? Is because he didn't trade for him. He, he didn't trade him. him. He dropped so him. So clearly. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this. Okay. If he is to leave Phoenix, right? Let's say hypothetically he leaves Phoenix. Where would you want to see him? Not not where he will Detroit. most likely Detroit. go. Detroit. Okay, Detroit. take personal bias. Detroit. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, this isn't personal. This isn't personal. This isn't personal. I would like to see him to go to Detroit. And then the second team, I would like to see him go to Charlotte. Okay. I like Charlotte. I like Charlotte. And I like okay. his fit with Kay Cunningham. So two good this suggestions. Is, Mo, and, and the, re- the reason, the reason being is because the reason being Mo is because I want to see him play with a big guard, Kay Cunningham, LaMelo Ball, who could throw him and allow him to be what he really is. A big man who could play vertical basketball. Mm-hmm. You, you, there aren't many players, Mo, that play anymore in this league with their back to the basket exclusively. But what I think he would flourish is if he could play with a big guard that can throw over the top of the defense, not like Chris Paul, who's smaller. And now Chris Paul is beginning to lose some of his speed and quickness. And I want to see him be able to play vertical basketball. This isn't, this isn't me because Detroit's my team. No, I want to see him play with Kate. I think Kate. I saw Cade really help Bagley last year. Yeah, I thought Bagley time. played better. Big, he, he okay. played the best possible in his entire NBA career. If you can put Cade, if you can put DeAndre Ayton with a team like that, okay, he fits their timeline. Mm-hmm. He would add a team because you they have the other bigs to play beside him. Bagley, um, Isaiah Stewart. They have Sadiq Bay shooting they have a big point guard and they're building a team i think it would be a great fit and i also think it would be a great fit playing with Lamelo ball Lamelo ball bridges and he holds down the defense nicely he's a good defender and he can play mo the game's not too fast for him so i could see him fitting i think that would be those would be good fits for him because he could play vertical but every big will tell you i want to play with a big guard because i can throw they could throw me alley-oops 
Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about the Chris Paul dilemma when the guards start losing speed and quickness. Yeah, I, I like him in Indiana as well, like I said before, with Halliburton. Okay. Now, and the reason I'm saying this, Mo, and I, I'm trying to have a basketball conversation here. Yeah. When you have small guards, just ask Rudy Gobert. He plays with small guards. Yeah, and he don't get the ball. And, and Mike Conley, at one point, was one of the fastest guards in the league. As smaller guards begin to age, which it happens to all of us, you lose your ability to create space and Rudy Gobert should at the very least, I know the guy can catch an alley. Yeah. Well, the, the other interesting thing about John Trayton is he took less free throws a game than he did in his rookie season. This year. So he's not getting the ball in the spots where he needs to get the ball. Um, and, and I hear exactly what you're saying. I hear exactly you, what you're you saying. You know what I'm saying? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly like, where you're coming now, from. Now Detroit, complete, complete transparency. Detroit is my favorite team. I'm, I'm from Detroit. However, if you're asking me a serious question, I would love, not because they're my they're my team, but because I think it would be a great fit for him. I really yes, do, I, and I, I think Kay Cunningham, I think Kay Cunningham is going to be a terrific, terrific player because he knows how to play. He's yep. big, and I like his size. And can you imagine the size with DeAndre Ayton, Bagley, and Kay Cunningham? Yeah, that I see Bagley me. in the backup role. I don't know about yeah, signing yeah, four, backup but, role. Yeah, yeah. but, but yeah, could, but you, yeah. you could see what they're yeah. trying to do there. That's a beef stew to the mix. So, I like and, it, but, and you add beef stew. Encouraging for your favorite team. My favorite team, on the other hand, lost game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I'm not too mad about it. No Marcus Smart injured. No Al Horford. COVID protocols. Uh, they played basically a seven-man rotation, although Aaron Neesmith came into the game and got a couple really nice blocks, um, but didn't do much. The Celtics got off to a super hot start. Jason Tatum was killing it in the first half. Um, the Celtics built up a nice little lead, and straight away in the third quarter, Miami came and wiped it out. The Celtics don't, didn't even make a field goal until like four minutes left in the third quarter. The Miami defense put them in a, in a stranglehold, and Jimmy Butler was cleared of the bubble allegations. 41 points, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, and three blocks. The bubble allegations for Jimmy Butler are officially over. He had a fantastic game, and him playing so well, especially in the second half, he had 27 of his 41 points. In the second half, opened up guys like Gabe Vincent, who dropped 17. Hebro came off the bench with 18, and it was a masterful performance. And, you know, we're talking about uh, Jimmy Butler's four steals and three blocks. Did a great job guarding Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum was not Jason Tatum in the second half. Jalen Brown got cooking late on, but by then it was a little bit too late. Payton Pritchard came off the bench with 18, which was nice to see him yeah, put up and, yeah, well, and catch some threes nice and stepping up nice. to the stage. But for me, it was always a write-off, especially when they said no Horford and no Smart. And with Horford and Smart, both might be out for game number two. Rob Williams went out with an injury. It looked like his knee was hurting him again. Things, I think it was the calf. Well, it was his calf. I think it was, was, it, was his it calf. The calf. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think it was the, his calf. Things don't look his... too good for the Boston Celtics right now. I'm assuming they go down to zip. I don't, I don't see them winning the next game in Miami. And then we've got to see when Al Horford can come back because they're playing the game every other day. I don't know how long it takes right. to get cleared out of the health and safety protocols now. So, BJ, what did you make from this game? Well, when we talked about it earlier today, you know, uh, 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 you know, on heat check, I, I told you, I got to see the game now, you know, Mo, these are, you know, times COVID is part of the game. Marcus smart, you know, that 
injuries happen and it's going to be very difficult. It's just that that's just difficult to overcome. You know what I did like though, Mo, Mm -hmm. is they didn't make any excuses. They came out and played and they played well. And I thought in the first half, they really came out and showed, you know what? Hey, we're here to fight. I like that. So they gave you what they had. They they had seven, basically seven players that played. (laughs) Um, You know, the kid Peyton Pritchard came out fought they, they the players who played you you can't fault their effort I, I i told you at the beginning i think the depth of miami they they have a deep team their drop off from their their bench players to their starters to me they just keep coming in waves i mean they just keep coming tyler hero keeps coming the, these guys just keep coming off the off the bench and i thought Giannis is out now i thought there'd be no more keep comments but it looks like the miami heat well well, taking well, the well well, what I say to keep well, you know, the thing is, well, I look for consistency. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Grant Williams, like the guy gives me 31 game, and then you know, it kind of he only yeah, took two six three pointers tonight. This is this is what I'm saying, Mo. Like when you find but, when you but, know what a team is gonna do, then Mo, you can count on that. What's interesting That's what is- I really mean. What's interesting is the Miami Heat had almost the opposite strategy to the Milwaukee Bucks. They ran everyone. That was pretty funny. That, but that was and, pretty funny what you said, though. I got the joke. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and all the people on the timeline, I, I, I see you guys, too. You know, I just want you to know. <laughs> hey, Stephen A copied that, though. I see Stephen yeah, A today. I know. I see, Stephen yeah, A's copied yeah, yeah. his whole flow. Stephen A today saw yeah. on his show and said, Anthony Edwards, he's coming. He keeps coming. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, man, yeah. I heard this before. I'm sure I heard this before. Yeah. ESPN, stop copying our stuff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the first the first quarter, the first half, the Boston Celtics got more points in the paint. I think they finished the first half with 41, 42 points in the paint. That's more than they did in the entirety of games one and two against Milwaukee. Miami Heat had right. the opposite defensive strategy, but when they started throwing two at Tatum, getting the ball out of his hands, and still had the speed to get out. And this one thing that the Celtics did really well in the first quarter when they built up their lead was they were closing out so quick to the shooters. But you could see the fatigue of playing that game seven, having a 48-hour turnaround before this game. They couldn't maintain that for the second half of the game, whereas Miami, they kept, in the words of BJ Armstrong, they kept coming. So great win for the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler, absolutely superstar performance. He's really elevated his game in the postseason. Um, And tomorrow night, we move on to the Mavericks and the Warriors in Golden State. Mm. BJ, you rocking with the home team or can Dallas pull it out using that momentum from their soul-snatching win over the Phoenix Suns on the road? I've seen the videos of Luca today at practice. He's laughing. He's with Boban. They're laughing and joking. They're having the best time. They're not feeling the pressure. They're in Golden State. They're going to play their way. Who have you got winning tonight's game? You, you know, this is, this is a very difficult one. This is a very difficult one. And... I'm going to say Golden State just because of their experience. And currently now, not by a lot, but I think they're the better defensive team because they, you know, those in particular, those three guys. Okay. They're big three. Talking about Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be consistent in saying this. This young man in Dallas right now. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. I just don't know how long you can continue to play, Mo, this brand of basketball where they are dependent on him to play great. 
every well, game. It, funnily enough, I was thinking about this earlier. Maybe the reason why they can go so hard on defense, because we saw how intense the defense is, is because they don't have to be relied upon on offense for as much. So maybe it works for everybody in a weird way. Maybe. I, I have no idea. But, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking, I was talking to a former teammate um, today, earlier today. And we were talking about the playoffs. And, and we, for some reason, we were talking about the, the New York Knicks Bulls series. And when we were down, we were down 0-2 in the series. I think it was 92 or 93, one of those yeah. years. And we were in and and he brought it up. And I was like, oh man, you know, I was like, I, I kind of forgot. He and he started, he was like, you know, you know, he was like, you know what was great about that series? And I and he reminded me, he said, remember after we won game three and MJ didn't play well. And I thought, and I said, I, I, I do kind of remember that. And, and, and the reason I remember that, because I remember after the game, Michael didn't play well in the first two games and we lost. We go home, we won game three at home and he didn't play well. And then I, re- I can, you know how some things you remember, you, you know, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think it just sticks in your mind. Yeah. It's just sticks in your mind. But I remember him after game three, he came in the locker room after he goes, hey man, I owe y'all, I owe y'all one for this. And I remember him saying that. And then we immediately went into the Philadelphia, I mean, the Golden State series. And he said, do you think that the Dallas Mavericks can win a game when Luka doesn't play well? He was like, because that's what made us, that was, that's what made us good. We could win yeah. a game knowing that we could win a game in a series, whether MJ played well or not. Do you think, and I, and I started thinking about that. I was like, I don't know. He was like, because I think, the Warriors' defense is good enough to win that game if Luka doesn't play exceptionally yeah. well. Well, they've proven they can okay. win without Luka there at all in that yes. Utah yes. series. But, but, now that was, but that was against you, Utah. If, but if Luka is, is on the court and playing badly. Yes. Now, that that is and, – and I started thinking about – so I've been thinking about this all day, and Mo, I'm not sure. But I, what I do know, Mo, is that I think the Warriors – are going to take their uh, take their chances by saying we want to we're going to take away something from Luca. We're going to take away something. Yeah. Okay. You can't stop him. He's gonna he's gonna be Luca for a quarter or two. You just don't want him to be Luca for the whole game like he was. He was Luca the whole series <laughs> against yeah Phoenix. the The Warriors are going to take away something. Now, what that something is, I think, will be the determining factor on whether or not they can win this series. Because Luka is not going to play great every game like he did yeah. against Phoenix Suns. And that, to me, will be the determining factor. That's why, I, that's why I'm going to pick right now, without watching the game, the Phoenix, I mean, the Golden State Warriors. Because I think they are good enough. I think they're disciplined enough to take away something. Okay. Take okay. away. I don't know what he. I don't know what they're going to take away, but they're going to take away something. Yeah. In this series. Well, we're gonna to have to wait and find out. We're gonna catch that game tonight, and after the game, you know, we'll be bright here, 
right here back tomorrow morning bright and early i can't i can't wait till tomorrow oh neither can i and then uh no tomorrow tomorrow i'm going to be on 10. i'm just letting uh, you know uh, right now not nine mo i'm going to be on 10. well well, we're going to be on nine nine because it's episode number 99 tomorrow because friday is episode 100 of this podcast and in fact pj we've done more than 100 episodes but this is just of this series since we relaunched it in january episode 100 which other podcasts out there's put out 100 episodes this year Come on, man. You see the work, hey, Mo, you know what, Mo? You know what, Mo? Mm. And we just getting started. That's big facts. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Make sure you guys are following because we ain't slowing down anytime soon. All right? So we're going to be back tomorrow. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed this show, make sure you leave a review. Give us five-star rating on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube and all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. You know the damn vibes. And until tomorrow, my people, have a wonderful day and make sure you get buckets.